Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Silver and Sensational. I'm your co-host, Jessica Linverdi. I also produce this show. And with me, as always, is the ever-sensational Lois Mills. Hello, everyone. It is I, Lois Mills. How are you all? We're so happy to have you with us. And as my friend Jessica has noted, I'm trying a new lipstick color, which for me is very unusual to wear something so bright. So let me know what you think, will you? Oh, yes, please do. I think that's I think that's a really good call to action, Lois. It's got like a ruby thing to it. Yeah, it, uh, it's a little bit deeper than what it, I thought it would... Well, it's changing on my lips, you know, so... It, and a, as it does, yeah. Yeah, it's a little deeper. So the next time I'll do a different undercoat to see if oh. it'll be... Yes, yes, I used a deep pink pencil first and then... Huh. And then this this color, which is a very pretty color, but it looks a little more ruby than um, than I thought it would. But oh, so I think we, it's stunning. I think I, you know. I remember um, someone telling me, you know, not all women can wear red, and I remember someone else saying, "Fuck that! Wear whatever the <laughs> fuck you want." You know, and it's it's kind of following the shift that our generation is like, fuck white after Labor Day. I don't give a shit. I'm just going to wear it. <laughs> and, I, and I still I, can't wear it without feeling strange, even living in California. And I understand that because that was ingrained into you, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, um, yeah. But yes, I think what I, I even thought I had, uh, my fingers were too long to wear color on my nails because I thought it would draw too much attention and I wouldn't look... It wouldn't look good on my fingers. And, and that- everyone wants long fingers. My fingers are short. And I, <laughs> you know, I want long fingers. And I'm a musician. So, of course, I want these dexterous. It's amazing the things that, A, the society tells us we can't do. And... Uh, be what we tell ourselves and what work. And then anyway, you the first thing I noticed was how beautiful the lipstick looks on you. So I know that's the first thing you said. So gorgeous, and Thank and I you. do good Thank with you. a red lip too. So basically, okay. this podcast is just me learning how to evolve into my highest version, which is you. And actually, <laughs> I'm so excited about today because um, while I have many skills, including being a musician and producing and acting and all that stuff. Uh, my life has felt very difficult in the last couple of years. And a very astute friend said to me, well, what do you want? What is your passion? And my answer had always been acting to be, you know, uh, I changed my phrasing from, I want to be a famous actor um, to, I want to be successful and successful can change, right? It could be, I'm making money this year or, uh, I'm the voice of Best Buy. I was the voice of Best Buy for uh, a whole year and a half. It was that was a successful wow, year. That was fabulous. It's not <laughs> nothing. So, you know, and the pandemic shifted a lot of things for people too. But today we're focusing on how to find your passion, and I think I have either shifted and don't know what it is now. So I, I'm really looking forward to this particular episode. Well, I hope that uh, we can kick the ideas around a little bit because I want to distinguish between passion and purpose. Mm. So you see, passion is for us, for you. Purpose is for others. 
That's okay. I have never heard this distinction. And you know, I do, before we get into it, I want to also share, I'm not the only person out there who's confused about what that is or what their passion is. And actually this season, you should know, I think our audience does know, we're taking questions and we did put this out there, letting people know that this is what the episode was going to be. And we got a question. Yes. So what is the question? All right. This is from Ron V. Ron says, hi, Lo. I, I'm hoping you can help me. I like that. Hi, Lo. That's very cute. Been with me most of my life. That is so <laughs> sweet. Okay. Hi, Lo. I'm hoping you can help me with my issue. My wife and I had two children who are both now well-grown and well on their own, uh, way, well on their way with their own families. As empty nesters, my wife and I found ourselves with a lot of time on our hands, which we gladly filled with vacations and grandchildren. Five years ago, my wife was diagnosed with a particularly aggressive cancer and was gone within a year. Oh, I'm mm. sorry. Yeah, awful. It goes without saying that this was the hardest experience of my life. We got married at a relatively young age, and I was fulfilled being a father, a husband, and a grandfather. But now that I don't have her, it's changed. I find that I don't know what makes me happy, makes me happy. I know that she would want what's best for me and to find happiness, and I was hoping you'd know how to help me do that. Sincerely, stuck in my 60s. Well, stuck. <laughs> Let's see about unstucking. So, <laughs> well, first and foremost, I want to uh, extend to you my condolences. And I'm not sure if you uh, maybe might not benefit from some grief counseling that... Um, to make, you know, to help you go through the process of grieving. And because there's no magic pill to uh, help you find happiness. So first you have to be certain that your heart is cleared of all sorrow. Wow. Because I, I, that's got to be so hard to do, Lois. Well, because yes. I got five years and I don't know that you ever move on fully from that, but I can see maybe Ron feeling like, well, I feel like I've done a lot of grieving and now what? Also. Okay. So if, if, if that is the case, Ron, you know, to have your heart cleared of, of sorrow. Now, someone once said, you know, we never get over the loss of a loved one. We just get used to their not being there. And so maybe you're trying to get through your lovely wife's not being there. And so as maybe this program today will help you further, one of the things I can suggest <clears throat> is trying new things. This is the way to find your passion if you don't already have one. Um, the idea of looking at the, you know, go back in your life, even go back as far back as your childhood. Uh, were there things you dreamed of being, you know? I mean, I'll take something, and this is just coming off the top of my head. Let's say you, when you were a kid, you dreamed of being a fireman and you ended up being an attorney. Well, 
you know, a lot of fire departments can certainly get a lot of help from the community in terms of fundraising, you know, do we, because they really, at least in Los Angeles, uh, it's my understanding that they provide for themselves in terms of, you know, things like paper towels, toilet paper. Oh, and, really? Yeah, that's what my local fire department had told me. So I'm just saying that there are things that you can get yourself involved in, but you need to try them. And uh, if it's, you know, maybe you uh, maybe you have an interest in art. Um, again, there are a lot of community art programs and art, you know, that you can just go and partake in. A good friend of mine has just started one that, um, is at a local center. And I thought, you know, this is, this is, you know, a great thing for people. And he's, you know, he's my contemporary, he's your contemporary. So it's never too late. So I'm going to say that if you're looking for, you know, happiness, it's, to either become involved in helping other people or become involved in finding a passion for you so that when you are there in, in, in the endeavor that you're attempting to be, have become your passion in your life, it brings you peace mm -hmm. and joy. And so hopefully, um, listen to the rest of the program and maybe there'll be some things that you can uh, pick up. And I, I wish you all the very best. And you, Thank you. I hope you will, <laughs> I hope you will send us a letter that says you are now unstuck <laughs> in your 60s. We, I, I am hoping for very much the same. And Lois, uh, just to, to yes and that, um, when I was going through a very deep rock bottom depression, I of my own, maybe someone advised this of me too, but uh, I was very lost. Um, I started from a young age and worked my way back up. What video did I watch when I was two that I loved? What movie? Oh, good, good, good. You know, or, okay, and just kind of chick, like ticking off the list. Okay, well, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't fulfill me anymore, but I remember the joy it brought me as a kid. So you can work your way back to it. I, that's beautiful advice. And now, without further ado, okay. Lois Mills, teach us how to find well, our passion. I'm going to give you, again, you know, um, I just want to remind you that passion is something you do for you. Purpose is something you do for others. Purpose is why you do something and passion is what you wow. do. And you may have multiple passions, but you generally have only one purpose. And of course, the ultimate is to be able to combine your pa passion and purpose. But it's you don't need to do that to feel fulfilled with your passion. Ah, so that's, that's fascinating. Yeah, so today, we're just going to address finding your passion. Hopefully at another time during this season, we can talk about finding your purpose. So having said that, um, if you do want to strive for that ultimate, uh, let's say you have your purpose. I'm going to go backwards here. And your purpose is to help other people. And uh, you develop a passion for cooking. Well, 
there's a you know there's a combination here of combining cooking and creating food and helping other people and if you can't necessarily open up a soup kitchen mm. you know maybe one of the local churches you can go and have the ability to feed the needy people in their area or in their congregation. Lois, so, even cooking for a friend that's going through a hard time or delivering a meal to somebody or absolutely. inviting them over. I mean, like, because I, I know from personal experience, um, committing to going some, sometimes even outside my house is a lot right now. Um, so you, again, can start, start small. I love folding that in. I love that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a way, and I'm not saying that you need to do this. You don't need to do both at the same time, because today we're talking about finding mm. your passion. Mm -hmm. And um, it's important to try new things. And boy, am I an example of that, Jesus Christ. I have... <laughs> Uh, when I found something I wanted to do, and through my life I found a lot of stuff I wanted to do, what happened is I learned more. It brought me joy, and I lost track of time. But through the years, I've had so many passions because, in part, what I always wanted to do was to fly a plane. Uh, Lois. Which, yes. Which <laughs> I did do. Now, oh my God. I am going to tell you that not everything I tried was a success. And I'm going to tell you straight away that flying an airplane was one of my failures. And by Hold that, on. I mean, yeah. You did it. You're here today sharing yes, this yes, yes. story. Yes. Well, <laughs> I, I was able, you know, to fly a plane, a single engine. And I got certified for single engine. And then one, ha one day, and this was, <clears throat> excuse me, when I was still living in Chicago, and there was an airport in the northwest suburbs. And I would, one day I went out there, and I got in the plane, and suddenly I freaked. I freaked because it occurred to me something that hadn't occurred to me before, which is, what if I crash? How did that not come to you first? <laughs> because I have a set of huevos on me that doesn't really look at a total picture. I just don't think about the what-ifs. It's I want to learn how to fly a plane. I want the feeling of having an airplane and in the sky, and it never occurred to me. I mean, the same thing happened when I um, tried to learn horseback riding. Hmm. I mean, I took to it like, God, this is so trite, a fish to water. And then one day it occurred to me, what if you fell off and break your back? Oh, my goodness. And so these were a couple of my, hmm, let's call it failures. 
and then well, I because got it. you got because you got let fear get in the way. I or? let I allowed fear to get in the way, and I stopped pursuing mm. the endeavor to get better. I see. And something that I did try very hard at was learning to play bridge. And in playing bridge, I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. But the problem was I took so many lessons and didn't play enough and didn't have a consistent partner. Ah. And so I didn't feel successful at it. And golf, another passion. I mean passionate. I watched, I went to class uh, schools, I took uh, individual lessons, I was there every morning, seven o'clock, playing by myself, going around, and I became better, but I never became as good as I wanted to be, which of course, I set my goal at being, you know, an under 10 handicap. And when you start at 50 years old and your body doesn't have the torque you need, mm. you know, it was, it was probably an unrealistic, edu- you know, expectation. But let me tell you, I loved every minute of it. I really did. And, um, and then it got to designing houses, uh, which took up a lot of time and energy and, joy and I was successful at that um bodybuilding another thing I you know went gung-ho on and stayed with it five years and I mean basically reformed my body um needlepoint sewing knitting these were all things I took up and knitting I I my goodness I ended up um designing and had um, two of my patterns featured in um, a national knitting magazine. Oh, and, my goodness. Yeah, and reading. I mean, it, the thing that I did in reading uh, was, you know, to be part of this incredible book circle I've been part of for some 13 years and have the most wonderful people that have become part of my good friend inner circle. Um Painting, which actually was also my uh, vocation, and uh, I continued after. Right. Well, when when I designed dinnerware, painting was part of it. Wow. I used to sit and do the patterns. Yes, I had artists in the studio, but in the beginning, I couldn't afford to have to hire anybody, so I did all the artwork, and. You know, I I have uh, continued. At times, um, I don't have, I don't have the appropriate setup, and I'm I'm toying with the idea of converting uh, one of my rooms to something to a, to a space that's more conducive to painting. And uh, then I did writing, and um, and with the help of my former core co-host who was my editor. You know, I published several stories on um, medium.com. One actually uh, <laughs> that had to do with believing in magic um, was used uh, on the public platform 
of medium.com, which was a real thrill for me because I never felt I was a very good writer. And oh, then, I read that and it was a delightful. Oh, it's a lovely story. And yeah. then the the last thing that was a passion still is, is uh, designing and making jewelry, as I said, wow. silversmithing and goldsmithing um, that I've turned into a purpose in part after Let's see, I've been doing it some 14 years. So after about 10 years, um, I decided to uh, make it a business. And so I have this website called Lois Mills exclamation point, or you can find me on shoploismills.com. Amazing. But, yeah, but it's it's a it's a you know a still a passion. And so you know, uh, I do have without um i i've used another life coach company called better up where i found some helpful questions to help all of us find our passion and these are questions that i think are really helpful so at some point Maybe we can post these somewhere. So if you don't pick it up today, mm -hmm. hopefully we can do something so that people have access to them on a long-term basis. So, yeah, I think we can also um, make sure we link to it in the description of the video or the podcast. That would be a great. great. Idea. So here's, here goes. What activities bring me joy? and satisfaction in my personal life? Same questions for in my professional life. Mm. Hmm? Hmm. This is something to just sit with. You know, on those days that I'm hoping you set time aside for me time, where you contemplate your belly button, one of these... <laughs> <laughs> You'll I contemplate about... my boyfriend's belly button, but that's a story for another. Oh, that's day. a well, that's one I want to delve into. Uh, so that you know that you start thinking, what you know, what activities bring me joy? You know, is it pickleball? Not for me. Not after I took that flying Whoa. ball. Wow. Uh, but those that's a very good question to ponder and it it you know it does i i see your face it does take some wait a second what is that yes i find when those belly button days show up i'm often frustrated that i don't have the answer to it and could be doing it at that time or confused why don't i have the energy you know i'm a painter as well and you're so right that like the space should be set up and i you know i have a wonderful easel i have 15 projects that are unfinished why don't i have the joie de vivre to do it but those moments where i get frustrated this would be a great time filler to sit and, you know, also do what my therapist suggests and journal and write those things down because at least you're being productive. And there's something um, also beneficial to this in recounting 
the things you do do well. There's something bolstering about that for your self-esteem. Like, oh, actually, I do clean the dishes. Or I have a passion for cleaning or organizing for other people. Like uh, being able to write down your accomplishments or and or things you're good at, I think, can help those awkward days. I think that's right. Well, one of the questions is, and I this is a bold question, what am I great at? Mm. Well, you have to be to, comfortable answering that to begin with, which is hard for people. Well, but if it's in the privacy of your own home. Yes. If it's in your private journal, why can't you say what you're great at? Because sure. you know there are things that you are really good at. And let me tell you something. Uh, one of my ex-husbands mm. once said to me, if you don't toot your own horn, no one else will. I'm from a generation that it was vulgar to say yes. you were good about something or you could do something well. It was looked at, you know, nice ladies didn't brag. You don't brag. Um, well, this isn't bragging. It's for you to believe in yourself and to know what you are good at mm -hmm. or even more what you're great at. This, I think, is important for every person to acknowledge. Absolutely. I, it is. It's, it is. Um, gosh. Because you never, you never hate the person. You, well, so this is a, an interesting question that came up with social media, and a lot of people had no problem selling themselves as, on the onset of it, especially with Instagram and stuff. They had no problem saying, "I'm good at this. I'm this this person for that." And people like myself, I was so ashamed to quote unquote sell myself on the internet or say I was an actor or, you know, I, w I would always say I'm aspiring. And finally a couple people said, do you act Jessica? Are you an actor? I was like, well, I do act. Well then you're an actor. Shut up. And so it, I had to have a coming to Jesus where it, like you said, if I didn't tell people I, I was this thing, I was never going to be the thing. And my success came quick, more quickly in my being able to say, yes, I'm, I'm good at that. I remember I was at a party where uh, I was at a party and I was telling someone, you know, I used to write songs. I was a very good songwriter. I said, this was a few years ago. And this guy goes, well, that's really conceited to say. And I said, no, it's not. I'm, I was a very good songwriter. My songs are very good. He goes, oh, okay. And that was just clearly somebody who was uncomfortable with his ability to say what he was good at or not. Cause someone who's confident in themselves hears that and goes, oh, I'm sure they are. It, it, it was, it was, it, you know, it challenged me for a second to go, oh no, I did the thing where I touted my goodness and I'm conceited. And, and then I remembered, oh no, that's his problem. It's not my problem. Right. No, no, you're absolutely right. And so that is, you know, that's something that's very important to acknowledge what you are great at, which will help you find your passion. And then another that. question to ask yourself is what do I want to learn more about? Ooh. And no matter how much I learn, what 
more do I want to learn about it? So if it's just it popped in my head, I want to learn about butterflies. Mm. Well, that can be a passion is butterflies and learning about butterflies and gaining knowledge in a particular subject. So even though I tend to be, um, you know, a, a creative, there being creative is not isn't the only passion. Gaining knowledge in a, in a certain area can also, and not can also, but of course is a passion. And then what is it that when you're doing, uh, you lose track of time? And, you know, where I used to say I'm in the flow, where I, you know, I didn't know how long I had been at this whatever it was I was doing, you know, and, and so what is that? Is it, you know, when you're cooking or if you're baking or if you're cleaning the house or if you're organizing and, and these can become passions. And this is again, an idea of what do you lose yourself? And and then Something that, of course, stops all of us in our tracks with many passions is what asking yourself, what would I do if money wasn't an issue? Hmm. Because this is this is something that, of course, stops all of us. And listen, I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to kid any of us. Uh, There will be times that money will stop you. I mean, if you want to fly a plane and you don't have the per hour dollars to fly the plane, you're not going to learn how to fly the plane. So there are certain things that preclude a person from pursuing a passion, certain things, certain dollar amounts is what it is. Right, right, right. That will preclude... time. Because, right, like you need to work in order to make the money. So it does all kind of boil down to that. I think absolutely, that's right. Absolutely. Sure. And then I think probably the last question that we asked, and I'm not going to say it's the most important, but what is it that makes us excited? What gets me excited? That... For me, it's always, I've had so many interests that the time that I haven't been working full-time owning a business, uh, I have never been bored because I've had so many interests. Gosh. But what makes, what makes me excited? And to this day, it's still being creative. It's, oh, can I redo a room? Can I design a new dress can it's oh or can I design a new necklace it's always been along those lines so this these are the questions that I found in doing a, ta- a little bit of research that says to that spoke to me that you know really these are questions that help those of us who are looking for that passion and they you just don't know what it is. So as a little bit of a outreach to unstuck in the six in, in his sixties, I hope that this helped. 
Jessica, what do you think? I hope, I hope it helped all of us because I too am looking for a new passion other than being on Silver and Sensational and talking with all of you people. Yeah, and that's what actually what I was going to ask first was how does this show fit into um, you trying it on for size or finding a new passion? Because clearly, um, and being, you know, having the pleasure of being your producer and now your co-host, I get to see this light in you just by sharing. So there's got to be a passion here too. What, what is it lighting up for you? It is lighting up for me the fact that lots of things go into making this program. Um, Some of them are somewhat painful in terms of looking back and trying to find my experiences that Mm -hmm. might be helpful to people. And some of it is joyful, some of it is fun, some of it is downright comical. But... I love doing this. I love it. I love it because I feel I can be connecting with people. I can hopefully be of help to people. Um, My passion for mentoring, uh, which has been one-on-one for the better part of my life, perhaps I'm reaching a greater audience in, in, in that, in mentoring younger people. And so um, I love doing the research for it. In, um, but mainly, I, I really love the fact that you and I can be out there, um, hopefully, as I'm saying, giving people new insights. And the feedback we get back helps me mm develop more of who I am. So yes, this is one of my new passions. And I think it's becoming my purpose as well. Well, I if it if it helps you in any way, uh, one of the one of the bigger curves of learning for me in the last five to six or seven years has been embracing this outspoken, present, um, not meek version of myself or apologizing for it. And I'm sure you've experienced similarly to me where that turns people off. Um, and I've all, then I start questioning, oh, well, should I not be this person that, that lights me up, that, uh, loves to curse and talk about, you know, vaginas and not bad an eyelash or whatever. Um, but it's, but I find that the more I'm true to myself, I find myself in places where I was meant to be, like doing this show. Um, and and I, I don't know if that's correlative to what we're talking about, except the best thing I can say is it's already filling me up with a purpose to, uh, and, and also like reminding me I'm on the right path to have to get to be doing this with you as an example of someone who's like ah fuck it I'm just who I am you know and and here you are fabulous looking beautiful with lipstick and maybe one day I'll embrace makeup again maybe not but I get I get to get reflected to me what I can have in my life and it's been and it's it's been difficult the last few years for me to 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 respark that so this is helping me in that way as well oh so I'm so you. glad I'm so glad absolutely so 
Here we are at the end of our program, and Jessica, what have you got to say for yourself? Well, for myself, I think uh, folks just like Ron B, who hopefully got a little bit of help and maybe some ideas on how to respark joy and happiness in his life, we want to hear from you. If you're following us on Facebook or Instagram, you get to hear what the upcoming episode of that week is on the Monday before we release that episode. So if you have a question relative to that topic, you can reach out to us on uh, by email using silverandsensational at gmail.com. But you can also reach out to us in our DMs. Uh, we're at Silver and Sensational on Facebook and Instagram. And just do us a favor, Lois. What do they have to do if they're watching us on YouTube right now? Oh, please make sure you like and subscribe. And hit the notification button so you know when our next episode is coming up. In addition, please comment on in the box. But most importantly, subscribe and like. And please, we just love to have you on board with us. And perhaps maybe your passion is sharing videos you like with your friends. So make sure to share this video with your friends. That's exactly right. <laughs> or yes. share it with someone who you know might need a, a little bit of advice. A little push. A, a little, little push. push. A gentle push. Well, and with Lois, it's not really little, but it is a helpful push. And it's not really gentle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I There ain't nothing gentle about me. And I fucking love it. Lois, <laughs> until next week. Oh, yes, ma'am. Thank you so much, Jessica. And thank you for watching and listening. And see you soon. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.